Alexa, stop playing music. Stay on. Stay on. Recording, right? Good morning, Switzerland. I know that was absolutely fucking terrible, but I'm not Swiss, nor have I ever yodelahed, other than I think right there. Now, shit. I forgot that I usually start this podcast off with good news. Well, I didn't look any good news up. Well, I could tell you some good news. I had the vid, and I feel pretty good from it. Uh, everything's going well with it, and I'm recovering fine. Uh, honestly, the flu and strap definitely take the take the fucking cake on uh, what gets me sicker. So that's that. I'm sure some of you out there got some good news. Just go fucking look for it. I'm sorry. I didn't give any good. You know, I'm really upset about it. And sure, I could stop the recording right now and go look up some good news. But I'm a raw motherfucker like that, son. You know what I mean? If I start right now and go back in my time, I don't live in the rear view, bro. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know rear views on my car. I take them the fuck off, whether from choice or not. We only look forward, bro. I don't care what's in the past. Anyway, today, that's good whiskey. Today is Drug History 101 for me, for Lou. Now, full disclosure, before I get into this, <clears throat> um... There's going to be a lot of judgments out there, which you're all free to do whatever you do. But what I will say is leave your personal judgments to yourself and maybe your friends around you. Long story short, don't don't come at me or my family members with them because we don't give a fuck about what you think. Um, and you, you just don't you don't you don't want none of this mentality. You know what I'm saying? Because. In retrospect, when I when I look review my life of drugs, it it's not it's not like I'm sitting here glorifying it. Matter of fact, the only reason I'm even doing this is because it's like I wanna I, I wanna I just love talking about myself. I guess honestly, like hearing my own voice, but also like I think it was very entertainment time, entertaining times as much as they were sad times. If I really think about it, and I, and I'm talking about a lot of the drug times. Some of them fucking beautiful, amazing experiences. Other them. We're just running from things and just let's get fucked up. You know, that's what I did for so long. That typical, like, have you ever seen Cat Williams and he's talking about white people getting fucked up? That <clears throat> ah, was me and my friends. Like, what tonight? We're getting fucked up, brother. Like, that's that was us. And that's something I battle with today. Even drinking this fucking whiskey that I'm drinking right now while recording this, I dead ass am sitting here. I have to, I'm gonna eat a good amount of edibles just so I don't let the, the whiskey. Take me back to my fucking roots of being a vicious little crazy hairy little man. You know, too much that I'll and I'll, I'll end up, shit, I'll end up riding a horseback through fucking Central Park butt naked with a cowboy hat on, baby, and a skateboard on my hip just in case I feel like shredding. That's just that. That's the honest truth. So, now, it was funny because one of my friends was like, yo, idiot. You mentioned the first time you smoked weed was like 14, 15, but then you didn't keep at it until you were high school. But I'm pretty sure that's how old you were in ninth grade. And I was like, damn, son. So, yeah. So that's another reason why I'm redoing this, because a lot of the last podcast on drugs, that was more like me spitting my uh, my thoughts on like drug addiction and all that. Now we're just going to spit history of drugs. So let's say the first I do know the first time I smoked weed. Obviously, I was younger than high school. So maybe 11, 12 something like that. 
And it was definitely, like I said, <clears throat> Purple Haze, whether it was or it wasn't, the point is that we knew Purple Haze, the song. So, of course, we were smoking the best, which had to be Purple Haze, baby. I don't really remember getting too stoned. Like, I remember maybe thinking I was stoned because I wanted to be. But I don't know if I actually got, like, stone stoned. I do remember times, though, like, I guess it was. I, I guess I did smoke weed earlier than ninth grade because I remember being, like, eighth grade summer. The thing where I was at was, like, getting fucked up in parks. That's something we would do heavy is we'd get fucked up in parks and um, walk to the mall. You know, we basically Willow Park where I grew up doing my thing was like you literally show up to the park, hand someone five, ten dollars and you're drinking. It was like an outside party. Cops would come. We would just drop in the grass and the kids that weren't from around there would probably get caught. That's just the way it was. And a lot of times we'd venture over the mall. One time in particular, I remember when I got into smoking weed, I was smacked. Smoking a bowl on the way to the mall by myself. And I walk into the mall and a bunch of these moms with their kids, these girls that were in my age, they must have seen the movies or something, with all their moms like, are you high? Are you high? And I'm like, ah, I don't fucking, what? Like, I'm smacked. I'm not going to tell you that. You're going to tell my mom. You know, so we were like, get the fuck out of here. But um, I'm pretty sure they told my mom. Fucking snitches. Like, mind your business. Obviously, I'm stoned. You guys know me. I'm fucking smacked, baby. Mind your business. But that was like the early days as we would get drunk as fuck. I mean drunk, like to the point where like you would get, I would steal bottles of whisk, whisk, whisk liquor from my parents and drink the whole thing. I remember one time we drank a bottle of Blue Label um, Johnny Walker where I was like mixing it with hot chocolate. And my friends decided to throw grapes at me because I was becoming a violent cunt at the time. And they started like... Hold me down and throw grapes at me or something like that. I don't know. It got weird. But, like, this is before high school. Then we got into high school and it got even crazier because it's high school. You're mixing up with fucking, like, you're taking 14-year-olds and mixing them with the likes of 18-year-olds. Think about that. Think about how weird, actually, high school could be if you're mixing. If I'm a 14-year-old kid, I could be going into ninth grade and I could mingle with an 18-year-old kid. Those four years alone, forget about it, are the huge advancements within uh, what two people might be doing for the most part. But so now we're in high school. And I think smoking weed at this point became a thing of like, I didn't do it much during the day. Cause I, I don't know why I think I, I honestly maybe thought people are kind of like losers. Cause I remember I was dating this girl at the time and she would smoke weed and she'd come over all tired and I'd be like, bitch, this is so rude. No, it's not. And like, I think that's, but, but at, at the same time, I would just, before I went to sleep at night, I'd smoke a spliff, a little tobacco with a little weed. And that's what got me into like smoking the weed and shit. But it wasn't for a good reason. It was like, yeah, well, it was for a bad reason either. Now that I think about it, I was getting stoned. The fuck? Then I was going to sleep. But during the day, I was straight. One time, actually, one time I couldn't get some weed. And I was like, damn, son, I get fucked up, right? So this kid was like, bro, I got some Xanax. I didn't even know what Xanax was at the time. So I was like, sure. He's like, it's kind of like weed. Yeah, you know, you, you take one and it's kind of like weed. I'm like, sure. So I took like one of them and I'm like, yeah, this ain't doing shit. I took another. I was like, bro, these things suck. I took three full Xanax. Dude, I don't remember that next day whatsoever. Because I didn't know about Xanax at the time. I was in ninth grade. And I didn't know about Xanax. I was like, fuck it. It's like weed, sure. And I don't remember the next day. My girlfriend at the time was like, bro, actually, I was in 10th grade. Yeah. Girl was like, bro, you literally had your head against the fucking window the whole time. Like, what's wrong with you? You know? I didn't even know what was wrong with me. And I was keeping things held in at times. So I was like, oh, I don't know, babe. It was shit. Uh, I literally came to at like 3.30 the next day. It was wild. But yeah, and then, then what actually happened 
because obviously drinking was part of life. Like on a weekend, that's what we did. At one point, it was like, yo, on a weekend, we're going to just get a double weed and listen to Pink Floyd. But, you know, like anything you evolve and then it turned into fucking drinking heavy. And then like the crew I ran with, too, it was like it, it was like the the fucking older kids wanted to come hang out with us because we're fucking retardedly messed up we got. You know, that's like what we we're cool for, like getting fucked up and it's like, fuck this and getting stoned and all that wild shit, you know. And then, of course, you start selling drugs. You start selling weed. Cocaine wasn't into play yet. But then, you know, you're at parties. You start see, seeing people doing cocaine and all that shit. And then creeps up on you, right? You see your one friend. He does a line. You're like, yo, so how is he? He's like, it's uh, it's weird. It's cool. You know, he's reacting like that. And you're like, oh, weird. So what do you do? You pick up a bag. You find yourself on the corner of Division Avenue and one of those streets, maybe 7th or 11th, one of them. And you're sitting with your friend. We're in, you're in 10th, maybe 11th by this time. Maybe 10th grade summer because I remember being warm out. And you put the bag of blow on another dollar bill and you snort some. Now you're wrecked, right? Sure enough, cop pulls up. Like I said in my last podcast, thank goodness I always knew how to talk, right? Like growing up, before I got in trouble with friends, I was always the kid. Like, all right, let's make a plan that before we get caught, if we did get caught, why are we doing this? You know, you always want that plan. I was always that mischievous thinking little boy. You know, I was always dancing with the devil at some point. That's why I say earlier with my parents, they did absolutely they could. I was gonna do whatever the fuck I did anyway. So get over it. Next. Yeah, so now uh we're sky high on Coke and I talked this cop just in like, Oh, we're just walking home, no big deal, bro. Me and my friend, we didn't sleep, we just sat there staring at the ceiling and we thought it was the best thing in the world. So then it's like, oh, well, if that was cool and coke, imagine this is, so you start doing more of it. I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of kids I was growing up with was not doing it. I was doing it. Like I became, I would say addicted, I guess, because it was like any drug or anytime you're taking something to alter your you know, state of mind, unless you're very well aware of it, you're doing it to run from things. Like right now, I'm eating an edible to keep me in a check of if I get too fucked up off of whiskey. And I know it's saying it's it's leaving responsibility for yourself, but I can end up fucking butt naked riding a horse through Central Park with a cowboy hat on. And I don't want to do that tonight. You know, I really don't. So I'm going to eat this edible. But um, fuck was I going with this? Yeah, so I was the one doing a lot of coke. You know what I mean? Even it progressed. Obviously, in high school, you start selling. I wasn't selling coke yet, but I was selling weed a lot of, not a lot, but a good amount that I would have to smoke. I have to um, pay for my weed. I was smoking for free. Well, senior year, but then senior year, kids start doing coke more. All the jocks, all those kids that were like judging you. Funny thing about the jocks, I remember I had them all jacked up on fucking testosterone and shit, giving them fucking testosterone pills when I was on the football team. Cause I didn't even play football. I'm five foot fucking four. What am I doing? My own glory was getting fucking destroyed on a receipt. Well, they did a squib kick. I picked up this ball. I was like, this is my day. I woke up on the floor. We watched film. Some kid just laid me the fuck out, but I held on to that ball and I got the fuck up. But that was my claim to fame in football. Well, I just sold everyone drugs, but, and I'm a cool fucking cat to hang out with. What can I say? But so, I'm going to get into the cocaine thing now. Well, cocaine took over a huge part of the life. It became, it's nuts. It really is. Like, I remember I'd be sitting in high school, so geeked out. Not even high school. Actually, as I'm saying this, bro, I had friends that would snort in an eight ball before class in high school. So I guess they were doing it before me. 
I was leaving my cocaine usage to a Friday night at this point, and they were doing it all day. And that's how some of them got really skinny. You know who you are, you sick motherfuckers. They're good now. They're fine people now. Not that, not that doing that any drugs is bad either. You know, break your stigmas about what a drug addict is. You could be addicted to the money you're making, but society tells you you're making money, you're a good guy. So fuck off with your judgments. I said this already, bitch. So next. So now, like, I'm trying to rack memories, but a lot of these memories are just me running around Hicksville, coke the fuck up. I remember one time in particular, it was a New Year's Eve, and I show up to my boy's house. I had, like, maybe two eight balls, and the first thing I did was line up an LB in cocaine, baby. And it was just, like, sky high. Like, we did so much coke. It's fascinating to me, honestly. Then you guys start hanging out with the gangbanging kids. They're selling coke, so they're doing coke. You know what I mean? Then you like the places you'd find these. I would find myself in the O'Connell Lodge at like eight a.m. snorting coke with three other people, having more coke coming over. Like it, it just fucking insane things. But I would wake up one night in particular. I can remember. I'm drinking a. I, and this is back in my days where I used to just fucking pound Ciroc. I'm talking. I would literally pound. A bottle of Ciroc, straight up before I went out. That was my pre my uh, my pregame. So, I I I fucking bomb a bottle of Ciroc. I literally have all my friends hanging in my basement because that's where we hung out growing up. A lot of the cocaine usage was done in the basement, you know. And it's a fucking the amount of stories I have for that basement. I'm trying to, wow, trying to like organize. I'm like, I mean. As I'm gonna say them and think them, really, it's just like, could you imagine just walking into a kid's basement and f- five dudes, eyes wide, maybe playing FIFA, fucking just listening to music, chain smoking cigarettes, just yang, 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 jaws swinging like fucking saloon doors, and a wow, yes, shit like that. Like, that's what was going on. You know what I mean? And it doesn't even sound like so, it's not cool. That's what I was saying. Like, a lot of this is gonna be so wild. But, like, let me go back to that other story. So, I fucking. I, I drink this fucking whole bottles of Ciroc. I tell my friends I'm gonna go outside of the car real quick to grab some. Long story short, I end up with these girls that I that grew up on my block with. I end up in Manhattan somewhere, and of course I got coke on me. So now I'm in Manhattan somewhere at some restaurant with them, and I go to the bathroom do some coke, and I drop it in the toilet bowl, and I'm like, "Fuck this, the night's over." So what do I do? I call up this girl I used to fuck around with in the Bronx, and I go over by her place. So my night started out with the guys, I'll be right back, I'm going to my car. I woke up the next day in the Bronx. I didn't know how they went, I got there at the time. Then I got home, another time. Almost the exact same story, except this time I got myself to Long Island Railroad, took a train to the to Brooklyn, woke up in this girl's house in Brooklyn, and she drove me home. I, I promised her up and down that I was gonna go to her with, to this, some wedding in Huntington with her friend. That's why she drove me back home to Hicksville. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you at the wedding, all this. I was fucked up, baby. I need her to ride home. You know, so I don't, by the way, if you listen, I'm sorry, baby. I don't mean to hurt you. Okay. So as long as we got that pass, you know, no, 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 no harm, no foul. But, um, yeah, so <sighs> cocaine was just the main driver in so many things I did. And then, like, I'm trying to, like, all right, for instance, another New Year's Eve party story, right? We're doing coke all night, of course. We go back to one of my friend's house who had some of the best times ever, right? We go back to his house, no more coke. But he happens to have shrooms. Wait, before I get into this story, let me track back to the first ever shroom story. So we're in, I'm going to think a senior. My friends are in 11th grade. We're like, fuck it, let's try shrooms. We went to this pizza place, forgot the name of it, Mama something probably, everything was Mama Pizza, financially is a bullshit. 
and we ate shrooms on pizza. And then I remember we started tripping. And for, for whatever reason, we ended up going to our, our high school color night. And <laughs> we go, we walk in, we see his dude, Mr. Sweeney, and we're like, fuck this. Some of them stayed. Some of my friends stayed. I don't know how. I bounced. And I paid this other kid $20 just to stand in front of me because he had this shirt on that I was tripping about. It was amazing. And then, like, we would, the night was just so wild. You we were tripping balls. Like, we came to Jerusalem Avenue. We look one way. It's all dark and disgusting. You look another way. It's like heaven. It was fascinating shit. And then we ended up going to Wendy's. And we're like, wow, food is so weird on shrooms. And then I'm even having, like, thoughts like, wow, am I going to have to bench press on shrooms? Such a wild thought. And then we should go to my friend's like a place where he stayed and his mom was mad chill and he's sitting at the table we're we're rolling a blunt he goes hey ma you ever do shrooms before (laughs) she's like no why like i would just ask him she's like are you guys on shrooms like yeah because she just got this red rug and we're all like that's the best rug ever like duh we're on fucking shrooms so now let me track back to the fucking New Year's Eve story. So we're all done with the coke. Now we have shrooms to take, bro. This is one of the highest I've gotten shrooms. My friend and I, who my friend is like the exact opposite of me, like 6'4", pushing three, maybe 250 to three. I don't know. When you get that big, it's tough for me to tell. And I'm 5'4", 170. We got lost in a bathroom where he was sitting on the toilet bar. I was laying on the floor. We were looking for each other for probably three to four hours. Straight up, you know, this same person's house of this New Year's Eve story right now. Matter of fact, that exit that I was tripping all night, right? The next day I had to go bust fucking tables at a restaurant I worked at. Still tripping. And my member, I told my manager, I was like, bro, I'm tripping balls. He goes, That's awesome. I'm like, yeah, for you. Bro, I go to go to tables dropping bread off. I'm seeing 30 humans and a cat. We don't allow pets in here. And this is cool for you. What am I a fucking clown over here? So anyway. Another time I can remember. New Year's Eve, I think, or just another night. We're at a bar. We're all getting fucking yicky, yick. Just put it this way, right? If you saw me out at a bar or anywhere, I was sky high on coke. I was selling it, and I was fucking yipping it. What crazy, you know what I mean? So, like, imagine we're at a bar, and my friends are like, let's go back to so-and-so's house. I'm so jacked up. I sprint. I sprinted for probably a good, I mean, all-out sprint, maybe 10, 15 minutes all induced by cocaine, you know what I mean? Which is like the wildest shit. Like, you're already, your heart's already going fucking nuts. And actually it was funny, because actually when I got discharged from the Marines, which I'll talk about that story, and I was screaming Marine-like cadences while running. Wild, wild shit. But the t- story about me getting kicked out of the Marines is my dumb ass comes home on fucking leave. I, at the end of my leave, have a raging party at my parents' house. And I happen to do cocaine that I didn't even know about until the next day when my friend told me about it. And I go get the drug test and I pop. That sucks. Even talking about it right now, I'm like, that fucking sucks. But it is what it is, you know? But that's just how much this shit is terrible. Like, if you are listening to this, I, I don't, again, I don't want you to think, like, these are cool stories. <laughs> In retrospect, they're cool, but they're fucking terrible. But at the same time, I wouldn't change anything that's ever happened to me because it's where it put me in life. And I love life. So it's what it is. Oh, man. What's so annoying is I have all these wild stories I'm trying to, like, put together. But let's talk about – let's talk about the first drug arrest. This piece of shit who may be the only person I still full-blown have any type of animosity towards in life, set me up. Where I was selling the coke, he was selling the pills. He got pinched selling pills. They wanted coke. It set me up. So I showed – this is how dumb the cops are, though. 
they tell him, they text me from his number. First, it starts off with, let me get 350 bags. I'm like, no doubt. Then he goes, let me get an eight ball. And if anyone else, I'm like, that's a weird jump from a 50s to a ball. But he used to sell shit. So I was like, all right, he's smart. Like, he, he knows you're either going to get this amount for 150 or just for an extra 50 bucks, you're going to get a lot more. So he played the card right. But these dumb fucking cops, they didn't let me do the punch because they, they, want, they wanted him to seem like he wasn't snitching. So what they did was say, meet me at 7-Eleven. And they knew what car I was driving because he told them because he's a rat bastard fuck. And you know who you are if you ever listen to this. I don't wish anything bad on anyone. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to get into that mode. Anyway, um, yeah, so I pull up at a 7-Eleven. I notice this car pull up. It ain't, ain't shit. It's like a Toyota, two white dudes, whatever. I go into 7-Eleven, get a Gatorade. I come back out. They These guys pull up behind me. And they're in street clothes, so I thought I was getting jumped, so I pull my knife out. And it's cops. Fuck. So I put the knife away. They're fucking interrogating. They, they're this, that. They find the coke. Then they found 25 Vicodin, but they couldn't charge me with the Vicodin because this piece of shit only said things about coke. You know, they didn't even let me sell it to the kid. They just ran up on me. So guess what, asshole? I'm not a dumb fucking kid. I had a burner. And you don't know who the fuck I am. So I fucking, I'm a drug addict. Not a dealer. Fuck off. Right? So that's how the first arrest happens, right? And then, uh, court and all that nonsense you're going through all that but i'm still fucking around like an idiot at the time i think i scaled back from pushing the yola but now i'm going to go from the first arrest to the first near death now like i said pills came into play when i started moving some pretty deep not a wild amounts of coke but a, a decent amount and i was like i don't want to drive drunk with all this work on me so let me uh, i won't be sober either right let me take a little pill let me take a little edge off so i started blowing a little oxycontin you know, talk, start about a half. A half will get you nice. I think it even popped. I didn't even blow them yet. And then it just fucking dwindled down from there. You know, you just get off types of fucked up. I mean, dude, I used to drive around coked up, drunked up, pilled up, all that shit. One time in particular, I'm driving to my friend's house, blackout drunk. I hit something so fucking hard right in front of the, the county jail. I just kept going. I know it wasn't a person. Could have been an animal, maybe the curb. It probably was the curb. I hit it so hard, I popped four of my tires, which is all the tires I had. And I only know that because the next day, like when I got to the kid's house, I immediately we just did a bunch of coke. And then the next day when I woke up, I went outside, my car was destroyed. You know? So again, these stories aren't to say, hey, look at me. They're saying, yeah, dude, chill the fuck out, you know? But damn, now I'm trying to remember the. Uh, Oh, let's go to the the almost near death one. So now again, pills came into play, and they started like cocaine started falling back, but pill, they were still there. But pills were heavy, you know. So one night I was at this event bartending. I'm on some pills. Then I go back to my house. Had some friends come over, and one of them happened to be a drug dealer. I was like, "Bro, I got this coke. Let's do it for free." But I'll do a little bit. I'll do a little bit. A little bit turns into a little more until like it was like, "Yo." Let's do some more. I was like, nah, bro, I got to go to sleep all this shit. So I was like, all right, I'll do one more. I do the one more. My friends are looking like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. They leave. 20 minutes later, I call. 10 minutes later, I call him, bro, come back. I'm dying. You have to bring me to the hospital. And I was dead ass. I dead ass was definitely dying. My heart was going through my fucking, I was on my way out for sure. And this is the best part. <laughs> I call my friends. The guy come call me. They're outside. I get in the car. My friend, I'm like, all right, let's go to the hospital. We're not moving, right? I look, they're packing the bomb. What are you doing? They're like, yo, we got to get high. I'm like, I'm fucking dying over here. You know? And they got to pack the fucking bomb. So it was like, 
it was wild. It was fucking hilarious that like I'm dying and they got to pack the bunk. So anyway, we show up to the hospital, I go in the emergency room, the fucking, the, I just looking at this nurse, he's like, what happened? I tell him, he goes, all right, I sit down and he takes my vitals. He literally looks at me like, sir, do not move. I'm going to get you the doctor in a wheelchair. I do not want you to get up. And now I'm like, I'm definitely dying. Like, by the way, nurses, you should take a course and how to fucking talk to people, by the way. Because then the doctor came in, much different set of tones. He's like, hey, bud, would you do some coke tonight? I'm like, yeah. And in my head, I'm, I have these doctors over me. I'm looking up at the light. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for one of them. Like, He's going into cardiac arrest. I see my friend at the foot of the table, at the foot of the bed, freaking out. He's about to be in a bed next to me because he's stoned. He had to get stoned while his friend's dying in a fucking car. You know what I mean? And the fucking doctor's chilling. He's like, house. He's like, you're fine. I'm like, thanks. Then they hit me with some shit. And I'm like, I'm now relaxed. I'm like, what am I doing here anyway? Isn't that funny? I mean, not that I almost died. Well, yeah, it is fucking funny. But that's just the trick, kids. Don't go mixing fucking pills and cocaine, you know? It's like your friend's trying to be nice, but they got to get high too. And I could have died, but I didn't. And that's why I'm here now. My other near-death experience was, man, I wouldn't really call it a near-death. It was more like a panic attack because it was the same thing. Like this one, I was like, it was a full-blown panic. I ended up in the hospital, but it was a panic attack. So much so that the next day when the lady came in to check my vitals, I was yelling at her. Like, I'm fucking alive! You know, it was, it was weird. But another arrest we have, this is actually when I got my D-Wee on, right? So I'm pulling up to my friend's house, and they played a trick where they fucking threw baby powder in my car. So I go buy some milk. I turn my lights off. I pull up to my friend's house. I dump milk all over his black car. Ha, ha, funny. Now we're at his house. We're getting fucked up. I got... I probably had about 10 grams of Coke bagged up in 50 bags in my in my nutsack. And if you ever pushed any type of things, you would know that can get you some time in New York State for sure. So long story short, I'm fucking, I leave the kid's ass like 3 a.m. to go meet some somebody. And I still have baby powder all over my car. My headlights are off because I forgot that I turned them off. I'm whacked beyond my mind. And I got all this Coke on my nuts. So what happens? Whoa, whoa, pull over. Not a cardigan, okay? And sure, cop came out. I took like 10 breathalyzer tests, fucking end up in the waiting. So I see some jerk off I fucking knew from high school who's a cop. He's like, don't act like you know me, bro. Yeah, fuck you, you know, whatever. So now I'm in the holding cell. I did a whole night in, in Mineola, and then I go over to get arraigned in Hempstead. And I'm being I'm being taken out of Mineola to go over to be transported in the paddy wagon to Hempstead. And I'm like, holy shit, you have a ton of cocaine at your nuts. What the fuck are we going to do with this? So now I'm freaking the fuck out. So now I'm trying to remember from the last time I got arrested. Do they do they search you when you get into the fucking precinct? Or do they wait till before you see the judge? Do they throw you right in the holding cell? My luck, they threw you right in a holding cell. So now I'm sitting in this holding cell with a bunch of other dudes, right? I'm like, what the fuck are I doing all this cocaine? So I did a quick left, right, a little scaly around. I dug into my nuts and I threw it under the bench. And I'm just waiting for some CO to come in and crack me upside the head. Like, what was that? Nothing, nada. I got away with it scot-free. I got a DUI, which I could have got so much worse. The next time I went in and I got arrested, they searched me before I saw the judge. Am I taking credit for that in Nassau County? Partially. So all you kids out there that before you go see a judge, you will get checked. And that might be because of me. 
I'm sorry. I wouldn't say you're welcome, but I am sorry because that just took an opportunity for a lot of other people to hold, hide their drugs in a holding cell. So, you know, we had that going for us. Another, you know, I did want to talk on a lot of the stories, but honestly, a lot of them were just me sitting in a fucking basement doing a bunch of cocaine, smoking cigarettes with other dudes playing FIFA. We would play FIFA. We'd listen to music. We'd go out. But even when we went out, it'd be like we would be out, but we'd all be thinking about cocaine, getting out of here, doing more cocaine, doing, you know, shit like that. Even when, like, well, I mean, one time I went to Mexico. Oh, this is a good one. I went to Mexico when I was 18 with my boy. And we, we befriended this fucking kid from Canada whose dad was like a prime minister. And he had basically money at an abundance, right? And they were just getting coke and coke and coke. So one time, and I, I've said before that I used to be a piece of shit of a human, but I'll tell it anyway. So one time we're out. Let me, let me hit it. Let me real quick. <laughs> so one time we're out in Mexico and I stole this chick's purse at the club, brought it into the men's room, wiped my fingerprints, took all her cash. I later saw her leaving the club crying. Since I was a piece of shit, I was like, ha But guess what karma does, motherfucker? Not even. 20 minutes later, we come across this fucking hooker who is feeling us up and stole all that money. Actually, we bought cocaine with that money first, and then she stole our cocaine from us. So that's karma right there. You know what I mean? What am I going to do? I'm going to go track her down in Mexico City. She'll fucking eat me alive. If she was even was a she. Rumor was it was a he. Whatever. I don't, I'm not hating on your style, kid. I would have robbed me too. Shit. But then these two dudes, my friend and the kid we befriended from Canada, wanted to go kill this mother. Because they were so yipped up on cocaine. The one kid literally was getting a machete about to go to Mexico City. And I'm like... This is insane. And my one friend was Colombian, so he can try to get away with like being in the fucking cartel or some shit. Because he had some tattoo, some weird shit. But it was like, yo, we're going to go get our asses killed, bro. So, like, that's one of my cocaine stories in Mexico. I have another one where... I have another one where... I was there not too long ago. Maybe two years at the time. This isn't really... I mean, I just got so fucked up that I became an asshole to everyone around me. That's not something I even like to talk about, but it's facts. Like, I got so yacked at, I not even yacked at, the yak sucked, which, bro, Mexico, step it the fuck up. Honestly, like, you have beautiful resorts, beautiful countryside, and your coke sucks. At least the fucking guys I got it from. Like, step it the fuck it up. Riviera de Maya, let better drug dealers on your turf, because we know you're letting them. We're not dumb, bro. So... That's the Mexico story. Oh my God, another time I'm in, I'm in Barbados. This is probably one of the best stories ever. Yeah, I can't, I'm so happy I just remembered this. So went to Barbados with a bunch of beautiful women and loved them to death. They know, you know who you are. If you, you know, I doubt you even listen to this, you fucking whatever. Um, and you know, the whole time we're getting blow, we're getting coke. Befriended a really good, very friendly drug dealer down there. I'm going to leave his name off the exploits because I think he's wanted, to be honest with you. But very friendly guy. He was the dude. And, of course, he was coming to me because, bro, I'm five foot four at the time. I was clean shaven, yacked out, jacked the fuck up. And I'm walking down the block with seven fine-ass women. Facts. Wearing all white. I looked like the American white hope. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers would... 
dropping in the knees when the fuck I was, right? So and that's just what it was. So we befriended each other. I, we made eyes, boom, boom. He wanted to know who the girls were. I wanted to know where the white girls were. You understand what I'm saying, babe? So <clears throat> we put each other on. We started doing some friendly things. I bought Coke from I gave him money. He gave me Coke. He gave me some cow foot stew. I gave him money for Coke. Like, that's just the way it went, you know? He befriended some of the girls. I got some more cocaine, baby, you know? Don't make any insinuations what I mean by he befriended the girls. You're those fucking perverts out there. What I literally mean is we were all friendly. Okay. Anyway, we went to this thing one night and I actually don't think I told any of the girls the story because I don't want to freak them out. But we went to this thing one night. It was like the festival down there in Barbados. I forget what exactly what it was called, but it was Oystins or something like that. And it was a popping time. But I got, oh my God. So I'm wearing all white, dappered out. The girls are looking beautiful as always. So, you know, if you're, if you, and I think if I put myself in the perspective of like a, someone who lives over there, like I'm going to look at me like, yo, who the fuck is this dude? Let's get him for some shit. So long story short, bro, I had like so many people coming up to me. Like every time I go to the bathroom, like, yo, you want to try my Coke? You want to try my Coke? Blah, blah, blah. And I was always like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, baby? So one time this fucking dude, I'm in the bathroom. I get into it, like, you know, like handicap stalls where they're bigger. I get into this handicap, like, I'm in the bathroom, dude, like, gives me eyes, like, you know, and not the eyes to fuck your weirdos, the eyes to exchange money for drugs. Because I know I'm in a men's bathroom and they're giving you eyes. I'm talking about buying drugs. Drugs 101, motherfucker. So we make that eye contact. <clears throat> we go into the bathroom, the, the like, the bigger stall. And he fucking, he, you know, he's telling me, you want to try some of my drugs? I'm like, sure. So I put my, if, if any of you do dr- have done drugs, there, it was a disco where you take your hand and it, let's say your finger, the bottom of your hand, your palm is facing to the ground and you put your thumb and your index finger together. You get that little muscle in your, in your thumb to index finger in between those two. And that's where you would have a crevice. And in that crevice, you put the powder of the cocaine or whatever substance you're snorting at the time. And so he put a lot on my, a lot of it, like a, a good amount. Like I'd say it was like the circumference of a, almost a quarter, but it was like the, the, I don't know, the height. I don't know what you call it, but it was like the, the, the amount of a quarter in diameter, but then stacked like maybe two quarters on top of each other. That was how much powder I did up. Whoa. And I was fucking yo. Some of the best I ever did. I mean, <laughs> eyes budging, right? Then he took a step to me, right? And I forgot to mention he was with a friend, right? This this kid he was with, though, kind of, kind of looked like a kid. He took a step in my face and was like, yo, give me $150. And I was like, the fuck? Like, I literally had an instant reaction that I just cracked him in the fucking face as hard as I could. Cause that, like, I was, I'm in a foreign country. I don't know these people. They could take me and do whatever they want with me. Now he's stepping. I felt threatened, bro. So I fucking wailed back. I cracked him. I couldn't even cock back that far because I was like against the part of the fucking wall in the bathroom. So I gave him like a quick, it was almost like a rabbit punch in a sense, you know? I was so yacked on coke. It was probably one of the hardest punches I ever threw though. And he's like the kid that was with, like I said, he kind of like was kiddish, just looked at me like, oh shit. And I bounced. I just bounced. I don't want to hit this. I don't want to hurt anyone. It was just like, I felt threatened. So I bounced and I just kept my composure because I was like, if I tell the girl, I don't want them freaking out. They were already kind of freaking out because they thought I had, I had some beef with the main drug dealer anyway, which I didn't at the time. And I didn't want them freaking out more, you know? So I kept it to myself. 
<laughs> I told you but yeah, man, I always got so the next time, <laughs> so the next day, I'm uh, I'm walking to go get fucking cash from the ATM to to try to buy more drugs, and sure enough, out of nowhere, I just feel like my left and right arm lift up, and it's two it's two really big dudes. They throw me in a van, <laughs> and the main drug dealer who I was friendly with was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" I was like, "I'm not gonna say his name," but I was like, "Yo, uh, Uggy." what the fuck, bro? Like, what's going on? He's like, you, and then sure enough, dude behind me is the dude I punched. I was like, what's this about? I'm like, ah, oh, to explain the story. Long story short, he's like, listen, I don't want the 150. He was at wrong too. He's like, but I do want you to buy some drugs off me. And I was like, yeah, duh, I wouldn't do that anyway. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it just turned out to be such an amazing experience. Like if that was here, we would have had beef for sure. But he was like, yeah, well, he pressed you. And honestly, Barbados needs their their um tourism. They're not dumb. Like if I didn't come down there with my American money, not many other people are buying the coke, you know. So it's like he was a very economically friendly, um, wise wise individual, wise coke dealer. I wouldn't even just call him that. He was a great guy. He was just providing, you know. But that was one of my finest, finest um drug experiences for sure. I've had a lot of good psychedelic. Like, for instance, let's talk about now the um, the one when we – it's COVID. And at the time, the roommate – things were going on in the apartment. I just had to get out of there, right? So I hit my friend up. I, I told this story, but I hit my friend up. I He's in Long Beach. And to me, Long Beach is like a vacation. So I was like, let me just lose my shit. So I, I took a little mushrooms, only like a gram and a half or so, two grams. To some people, it's a lot to me. It's, we're chilling. And – um. So I go over to Long Beach, my boy had a skateboard, fell in love with skating again. I'm on the beach, I'm meditating, it's a beautiful time. Then my, we just got to, I mentioned how I was on shrooms, and my boy's like, I got three hits of acid at my place. And I was like, there's three of us, bro, it's, say no more, you know, like the kids say, say no more, family. And I had to try to get my other two friends into doing it. So we sat at his apartment. I was gone, ho I was already on psychedelic, baby. So I, um... Sat them down. We watched the movie. Have a nice trip. Long story short, we took it. And it wasn't even a hit each. It was literally one hit cut up in threes. This is how. And it was the most amazing experience of our life. It was We were skating through the alleyways of Long Beach into the sunset. It was music going all night. We were dancing like wild horses in the midnight moon. Like The beach was beautiful. We, we were listening to music. It was one of the most freeing, most beautiful experiences of my entire existence on this planet Earth. It really was. It was. If you're ever out there and you're you're nervous, I get it. Because my whole life, I actually when I was in, I was like 18. I heard a story that some kids were doing acid, and their friend's brother, who was like a straight edge kid, never did anything wrong, took one hit and lost his mind. Now, in retrospect, I know why he lost his mind. Because in his head, he never did anything wrong. Keep living in those constructs of what you lie to yourself about. And once you take a psychedelic, it forces you to see within yourself. You're gonna have a horrible trip in which one cannot face so that's my take on that but so anyway it was the most beautiful experience ever to the point where it was like guys we got to do this again so sure enough all of us agreed and got our hands on it again we did it again like maybe three weeks later fucking fascinating again then we did it we did it a couple more times then me and another friend we just kept doing it (laughs) i've probably taken about almost 20 hits of acid so far in my life. And they say after a couple, you're clinically insane. So (laughs) welcome. 
Um, but you know, that's just what that is. And I, I gotta say though, even with that, like as a joke, that clinically insane shit, I've never, like, I've never, since I'm 31 now, my life has never been so fucking absolutely amazing. I'm not absolutely amazing. I'm not attributing entirely to acid, but it opened a lot up for me in the sense of like, yeah, why well, I, I got to relax with the anger I have and all that shit. Like, it, it's just different. Like, <laughs> it, it's so beautiful. Like, it forces you to see how beautiful things could be that, like, you can't forget that. You can't come back and be like, oh, well, back to reality. Like, no, dude. Like, your reality is in which you live it. I'm not saying one should live under the, the persuasions of psychedelics all day. But even microdosing does phenomenal things, you know? It helps a lot of people, but that's my uh, how I got into LSD story, and it's and then since then, I mean, I one time we took it, we went to fucking um, Central Park, and that was beautiful. Skated for hours, nature. My brother and I fucking saw some amazing like African performance. Like it was the style of music, the dance. It's just so, then we got lost in the woods and actually forgot we had other people around us, which got weird for a second because we felt like primitive animals. And then when my brother and I, one time, right, we took it and he, he was, he, he came into a depressed, horrible mode for like two, three days, but it was the most beautiful experience. Cause when we finally broke through to him, when I finally got there with him to talk, we cried it out together. We hugged. It was like the most, it, I truly feel it made us closer as brothers because of that experience. Cause I, he, we got the truth together. It was so fucking beautiful. And, it, and we had to both suffer. Like he suffered worse cause he was in his head, but I had to watch my brother go be someone he's not in my eyes. He was just depressed, miserable, angry. Like it, he looked like the way I can be sometimes and feel, and I hated it. And, but at the end of the day, it opened up such beautiful things. Like for real, LSD really opened my eyes to some fucking magic. Some fucking magic for real. Mm. I might have to have another glass of whiskey. We're going long here. And you know what it is too? I want to make a good cast. You know, I want to have a good time here. I'm trying to get better at it. My problem is I don't fucking care. Like I do as I'm doing it, but then it'd be like to, to prepare is my downfall. I'm like, the fuck I'm gonna prepare for? I'm gonna be talking shit. But if I would have sat here and tracked out certain memories that were funny and you know, segmented it in my own mind that you guys didn't know about, yeah, for sure it'd be a better podcast. But maybe this is just me working through it. I don't know. Maybe I should put more effort into it. I don't fuck. How about this? How about you fucking listeners do something for once other than just fucking listen and pay me through the sponsorship I have here with Anchor and Bombs Bodies. By the way, if you're looking to uh, change your life in a physical form or a mental form, go down to www.bombsbodies.com where you can get all your personal training needs. Now, if any of you do fucking something other than just listen, damn, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Tell me, what do you want to hear, bro? Like, and, I, I'm not, and I'm not here just to fucking tell you what you want to hear, but like, what do you want to talk about? Maybe I should open this thing up to callers or something. I don't know what the fuck this has to do. Oh, <laughs> boy, do we have a story for you kids out there. So check this out. This isn't one of my own personals. This is a, fr- a close friend of mine. He's a 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 friend of mine. Let's call him Donnie. Okay, my friend Donnie, he's a friend of mine. So this is Donnie's story, right? Donnie's at work one day, and in our business, we're foreman, and then we work for general contractors, right? Sometimes these general contractors, they could be all types of shapes and colors, like any humans out there, right? 
this particular general contract, it was a bit of a party. And you could just tell on the weekends, he's fucking bounce. You could just tell, right? So that's that's this type of cat. He's a he's a partier. So you could just tell off the rip. The GC's a partier. So there's a small little meeting on the elevator, a little impromptu, if you will, pop up meeting or some shit like that. And my boy Donnie needed a, a swipe key from the GC to get into a certain room. So the GC's all twisted up from the night before. He just gives him a fucking handful of cards. Yeah, it's one of these. It's in there, no doubt. All right, day goes by, and this is we're doing overtime right now, so we're doing a shutdown. We can't leave till shit's over, so things are already a little hazy when you're doing a shutdown because you don't know how long you're there for. You're there till the job's done, no shit. Like no, there's no fucking, there's no question. So he goes into all these rooms, blah blah blah, and then you know he gets to go in his pocket to grab something, finds a baggie, white powder in it. Homeboy's thinking, Donnie's like, oh, it's probably from fucking. Last night, I was doing a little cocaine with a couple of friends. I was doing a little toshis, you know, with a couple of friends. Nah, no big deal. That's probably what it is. All right, cool. Let's go about our business. All right, cool. Now it's time to wrap up. Night's over. Shutdown went swell. He lives a far distance away, so he's like, I just want to go pick me up real quick. So he takes his white substance out of his pan. He does what I was referring to earlier as a disco. Now, he didn't just do your typical, let me find out what this is. He did a, I know I'm about to do some cocaine. I'm a veteran. I'm talking three stripes and a rocker. And he gets, the second he snorts this, it's just, whoa, like fucking taken off from fucking Florida, man. It's NASA to the space, brother. Like, what the fuck was that? So now he's losing his shit. Like, think about it, bro. If you put yourself in this man's shoes, you think you're fucking just found a gift from last night. And you're going to do a little tooty totes to get home. Boom. You're on fucking Mars, man. You explain that to me. So that's where he's at right now, bro. He's freaking the fuck out. So now he's running through his head. Holy shit. What thought comes to his head? Last night's cocaine exploits were in a jar. What? This was from a bag. So now we know it's not last night's cocaine exploits. What the fuck is this, right? So the rest of the fucking, he, he, he doesn't know what the fuck to do with himself. He's walking around Manhattan for an hour, hour, half, I think, just trying to figure out what the fuck he just did. Because have in mind, this isn't like after a work day that it's 3 p.m. This is like the middle of the night because it was a shutdown. So he's just walking around on his way to Penn like, what the fuck happened? You know what I mean? What I do? So finally he gets home. I just finished my whiskey. I'm going to get another. I'm going to get the bottle. Stay tuned. I'll be back after these messages of 10 seconds of you sitting in your own fucking silence. So, homeboy gets home. He's he's bugging the fuck out. Doesn't know what it is. Right? Now, he has what he explains to be some of the best sex he's ever had in his life with himself watching Pornhub. And I mean for hours. Hours, he explains this. Hours. Finally, his wife um, wakes up, and the second she lays eyes on him, goes, what the fuck are you on? And he swears on his kid's 
Nothing. He even so much so decides, good old Donnie, to pull out, oh, I did grab a Starbucks on the way home, hon. Starbucks, Donnie? Starbucks is what is the best we could have came up with. Like, this is a woman that's known you your whole life and known as what you've gotten yourself into before. Knows about the extracurriculars in which you like to dabble in sometimes. And you come up with Starbucks. Anyway, she's a great woman and just doesn't want to hear. So she just walks away from the situation. So finally, you know, dust is settled and everything's cool. And the next day follows. The, this GC gentleman we were speaking of, um, they get into a text about, so, you know, the night before. And Donnie goes, uh, yo, did you, did you lose something today, bro? And, you know, GC's trying to, like, feel him out. And then Donnie's like, bro, I'm cool. I'm cool. Like, you could, you could tell me. He's like, actually, dude, yeah, I did. I did lose something. <laughs> and Donnie's like, bro, what the fuck was that? Homeboy's like, bro, that was meth, yo. <laughs> And if any of you have ever done meth, now, if you think you're about to do cocaine and you do that much meth and it's the first time in your life you've done meth, holy motherfucking shit are you on? Like, you could you could literally probably take a whole crew, Dragon 7, Apollo 13, and Creed, and go to Mars. Wow. Wow. Now, I know... So many people out there that would be like, why would you just do it? But like I explained, you thought it was coke from the night before. <laughs> like, you got to put yourself in perspective, people. Like, I've told you about my uh, experience with meth. It's in fucking, and this wasn't too long ago. But this is how crazy Luke can get. And that's why I was saying earlier, I had to eat edibles before I drank some whiskey. Because it'll keep me calm. But... I was working nights at the time. We got out decent time. I'm like, you know what I'll do? I'll grab a beer on my way to holding some sushi down. And uh, I grab a beer. And then on the way home, like, I don't have any wine for the place. So I'm like, I'll grab some wine. So I drank the bottle of wine while talking to this person on FaceTime. After that, FaceTime was over. Like an hour in, wine's over. Bottle of wine. Rufino Gold Classico because I'm a fucking connoisseur. And sure enough, then we go to the vodka. I mean, sorry, tequila at the time, tequila in the fridge. Then we call some, you know, lovelies to come over. One of them had to happen to have a bag of Coke on them. It's like, oh, here we go, Lou. Sure, I'll do some Coke. You know? <laughs> no, I don't want to do any, but I'll do it. Yeah. You know? And then uh, that lovely leaves. And then a new lovely comes over. And what? And she happens to have, and I'm like, yo, what is that in that bag? It's blow, right? No, it's. That's the other T. I'm like, what's the other T? I don't know. Tina, Christina, that's Cocaina, you know? No, it's meth. What? So I'm sitting there like, don't do it, do it, don't do it, do it, don't do it. And I'm like, don't do it. Why, why, why? But then I'm like, yeah. But, you know, like, it's, what's funny is like, I'm sitting like, no, nah, I don't do it. But then the, the yeah, but is just literally because it's like, dude, just do it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's meth, but it's so white. So I fucking snorted some meth and like immediately I sat this girl down, <coughs> excuse me, and I was like, I was like her father. I was like, you can't do this. Like, what are you doing with your life? Why would you do that? I had a heart to heart because that shit is insane. And then I'm like, 
now what the fuck type of person am I hanging out with these types of people doing math? Like, why am I calling someone that happens to have a bag of math on him? That's what I'd like to know, you know? And then that night turned into me picking up a bag of Coke at fucking 9 a.m. and then being up all night, you know? But also, by the way, I don't have kids and shit, so I can, I can do things like this, and as long as I don't get arrested or hurt anyone else, I'm fine. If you got a kid and you're doing shit like the way I just explained, you you got problems. We can talk about them. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you got problems. But um, yeah, it's about to be coming to a wraps on the. On the drug episode, the drug history. I mean, because like I said, so many of them. Like I was arrested a couple other times with a pill on me. You know, and that was the same old shit, though. Like, you get a, you get pulled over because your car is now known. You're known. And like I said, I was selling some fucking drugs. I got arrested a couple of times, and I was a drug addict. So not only was I seen picking, like, I would be seen. If you're from the cop's perspective, they would see me go to see the p- people selling pills, and they'd see me going to people that are buying coke. So I was seen by cops all day, you know, so you're known by them. And it's like uh, you just get arrested constantly. And it was always about pills. Or and then coke too, but like mostly pills because I always, I got addicted to them and that's what I had on me, you know. So it's some wild shit. And I remember too, like with the pills, like when I first started out with them, and I was this is how fucked up in the head you could be. I remember saying to my friends, like, "Yo, that's the cool thing about doing pills, bro. Is like when you come down from the coke, you're now fucked up on the pill." Like when I say that now. At the time, felt great. But when I say that now, I would never want that feeling. Because I know now what that feeling means and what it stems from. And it's like, if you had to feel that way to feel good, your your normal life is not feeling good. And when I mean normal, I mean like when I wake up in the morning straight up, I'm, I'm loving life. <clears throat> you know, I'm loving life. And that doesn't mean I'm, I wake up like, hey, it's all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. But I'm loving life. Because what am I going to cry like a bitch about life? You know, no. I'm not going to do that. You know, too many people do that and they get sympathy for it. And I'm like, I understand we're all hurt and we're all in pain, but <clears throat> there's always someone worse. Someone's got it worse out there than you, you know. So this drug episode 101, <clears throat> my history of drugs, I guess I am going to cap off for like all that shit I used to do with drugs. I mean, I'm talking <clears throat> endless weekends, years from basically from the age of about 16 or 17. Let's bring like yeah, 16 to 17. 16 or 17 till about even to this I haven't done blow in a couple a couple months but bef- but it was weekendly from about 16 till I got into the Marines I actually had to stop until the second I was allowed out and then I did it again and then it was again for about two years till the pill addiction came so like pill addiction was about like 20 22 ish 23 till about 27 28. And then jail came, and then after jail at 28, I was like, enough's enough. Then I've been rebuilding since 29, 28, 29. And now it's like, the reason I even do all this, right? Because I know I have family members like, why would you tell everyone this stuff? Because like, yo, I'm now at a point in life where I'm not a drug addict. I'm not addicted to anything. I'm addicted to things in which I, I don't, that I'm not aware of. Like, like the only time I get addicted is if, you're fucked up in a game, you know, if you have a reason to get addicted. 
as opposed to having a reason not to. If you have a reason to get addicted, and the reason is you're just so fucked up at a game, like you're, you're hurt inside, you don't want to think about it, you don't want to feel it. So if you're hurting inside, typically your outside is going to suck. Like, you know what I mean? You're just going to have that drive, that motivation. You're not going to wake up and want to go do. You're not going to want to go produce. You're not going to want to go try to be better. You're not going to want to go read. You're not going to want to go run. You're not going to want to go walk, lift weights. You're not going to want to be better. You're just going to hate because within, nobody understands how you feel. Nobody. And that's what you're saying. None of you know what it's like to be me. Fuck all you. Nobody knows. And that's what you're saying. And that's what's causing everything to suck. And then to not think all that hurtful, painful feelings, you do drugs. On the weekend, you'll get drunk or you'll do coke or you do pills. You'll smoke weed all day, every day. Or you're the opposite. You're the dude going to the gym constantly. You got to go to the gym constantly, constantly feed the machine. But I'm fucking better than him because I'm not drinking. Fuck you. That's your drug, baby. You know, so, I don't know. Now my mind just, now I'm just letting my mind wander. But what we're saying with this is I, I, I talk about my, my shit because of where I'm at now. Like, I'm not addicted to shit. I'm in, I'm in control. I'm in charge. So it's like, if I can go through all that and do all that, why couldn't anyone else just kick their shit, you know, and stop doing their shit? And just and then you can enjoy the drugs. Like I said, COVID, I found LSD, and I fucking, it found me, babe. Like, really, that story, it found me, babe, but it was beautiful. And it was fascinating. And I couldn't have done that if I was one of those, like, no, I'm in recovery. Oh, don't look at me with drugs. I can't. And I'm not hating on that. If that's truly what's what's good for you, it's good for you. I just think that you're still controlled by whatever it is you're saying you're not controlled by, in my opinion. But as my lawyers tell me to say, I am not a doctor, a psychologist, a physiologist, a physiologist, a sociologist, an archaeologist. Uh, I'm an electrician, a personal trainer, a skateboarder, and an evolved caveman. That's about it. Now, like I've stated before, I don't know, you want to fucking come on? You want to have some guests? Like, let's go. Let's have some fun with this. I'm down to do it. I got two mics. Nah, style, but two mics, kid. So what's good? Like, let's have some fun. I don't know. You you have the check it out in underscore Lou underscore we underscore trust underscore the cast. Jeez, I gotta get that fixed. Anyway, holla at me. Like let's let's figure it out. Let's have some fun here. All right. And um, as always, have a good weekend. Uh, sit down, baby. I don't have a good weekend, motherfucker. Yeah.